This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. I am going to be joined on the line by Professor Joe Vere, uh, Director at African Center for Migration and Society at the Wits University. And we're looking at the exclusion of migrants in COVID-19 vaccination and what that might mean and what it tells us about the preparedness in so far as, you know, preparing uh, for all uh, citizens and uh, individuals who are within the borders of the country and whether this is just, you know, um, specific to South Africa or we're seeing trends across the world and so on so i will be my guest uh, for the next uh, 30 minutes uh prof good morning and welcome to power talk morning how are you i'm well thanks and you i'm very well thank you prof i mean uh, what are we seeing uh, or at least uh, from your vantage point uh, working a lot on issues of uh, migration immigrants Islam seekers refugees internally displaced people uh, what are we seeing as being the experience of uh, you know uh, migrants with the covid-19 response generally but also more specifically with the vaccination rollout um, so, are we talking specifically about South Africa? Or I, th- I think let's start about uh, let's start with South Africa, Prof, and then we sure. might talk around the world. What else is going on? What are we learning as well? Yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks. And thanks for taking up the, this issue. I think it's a really important one that affects all of us, mm. um, regardless of our own citizenship, regardless of um, what documents we might hold. Um, so what, what we've seen is that the COVID pandemic, as we know, has amplified um, the existing challenges that many marginalized people within South Africa have experienced. We know in the past, so we know that COVID has amplified um, challenges around access to livelihoods, to social welfare, um, to, to security in various ways. And we know that non-nationals who are also within those groups have faced additional challenges linked to the fact that they um, are non-citizens, the way that sometimes they might be treated, um, exclusion from, from responses, um, and so forth. And we know that mm. healthcare access has been a challenge in the past, and that's been the same during during COVID. The, the key issue now, as you say, is the vaccination, and the yes. vaccination program is the most important part of our response to COVID. And one thing that's been very important is from the the beginning, the the president has been very clear that everyone in the country, um, regardless of nationality, should be getting a vaccine. Mm. And we know that the registration system for vaccines was set up so that if you have either a South African ID, um, a foreign passport, a refugee permit or an asylum seeker permit, you can register. Mm. And whilst there are, of course, some individual challenges, overall, this is this is working well. Um, and the challenge is how we ensure that people who are what we call undocumented can access vaccinations. And to be clear, this includes South Africans um, who may be without identity documents as well. Now, Prof, what is happening, though, with the system? Is it working uh, efficiently or are we actually seeing that uh, most of those people, especially undocumented people, uh, are being left behind in terms of uh, getting a vaccine shot? So currently, people who are undocumented are not able to register. Um, so whilst we know that across the whole registration system, there are groups who are being left behind due to not having access, for example, to 
um, to the technology required to register, not having a cell phone, um, living far from a, a site where they could go and register. But in, in addition, those who don't have documents who are busy trying to register currently are unable mm. to do so. I mean, Prof, how bad is our undocumented uh, individuals' problem generally in the country? And, uh, and it's not just only migrants who are undocumented. We also know of South Africans who live here, quite elderly, yeah. uh, who are undocumented and not in the uh, registry. Yeah, and it's also um, it's also children, South African, mm. um, you know, citizen children whose births haven't been registered, um, challenges accessing identity documents, and we know that in particular there are big issues there with access to basic education, um, and that the Minister of Education has um, put forward a directive that requires all schools, for example, to um, assure that any child without documents is able to to register um, and be in school. So this is an issue that the country um, has been struggling with and, and trying to respond to, um, not just in the context of, of health, but also, as you say, it's not only about foreign nationals. Now, Prof, let's look around the world. What are we seeing in terms of, you know, various uh, migrants, refugees, Islam seekers um, insofar as being accommodated in the vaccine rollout plan? Are there countries that are doing better than others? Yeah, I think there are. I mean, I think we also have to start from the point that, you know, countries that tend to be higher income have had and are still um, having better access to the vaccines overall. Um, we know these are countries that have, have purchased often more than they require. Uh, their vaccination rollout program is further forward. Some are even talking now of having a third booster mm. shot. So we're already sitting at different moments in time. Um, and so that kind of what we call vaccine nationalism, vaccine apartheid is very present. Um, and the concern is that we might be seeing that playing out in at a national level. But in terms of what we've seen in, in other similar contexts elsewhere on the continent, for example, there are countries where um, vaccination programs have specifically um, reached out to refugee and asylum seeker communities, um, including individuals without documents. Mm. Um, and, and that's been done because there's been a recognition of the importance of including everyone in a response, but also the recognition of the importance of ensuring that a foreign national who may not have valid documents um, is not afraid to seek that vaccination. You see, it's two ways. We need to we need to be reaching out to ensure everybody is included, but we also have to protect individuals who may be reluctant to try and access services because they might be scared of what would happen if they engage with with government structures. Prof, how much of a risk it, is it to, or of a blind spot rather, is it to the you know COVID nineteen response if migrant uh, migrants are left behind and you know I'm I have in mind migrant communities which uh, tend to be quite uh, you know specific in terms of geography and you see a concentration of people uh, from one particular country or one particular region residing in that space and if they if if majority of them are left out on the vaccination program uh, wouldn't this pose a problem? for those migrant communities in terms of the intensity and spread of COVID-19, but also for them to continue being vectors of the virus within broader society? I think the key thing, as you've, as you've spoken about, is understanding the population level um, effects of leaving anyone behind. Um, so whether we're talking about South African citizens, whether we're talking about foreign nationals, whether we're talking about people who live in informal areas, people who are without documents, if we leave anyone behind, 
we're undermining the ambitions of a vaccination program. So it will have two effects. One is obviously on an individual and their likelihood of acquiring COVID and becoming very sick Mm. or being hospitalized or dying. Um, And it also means, as you say, that there's an increased risk of transmission. But we have to be very clear that that the way society works is we're not all in our own little communities and bubbles. We're all moving between each other. And particularly with the Delta variant, which we know is extremely transmissible, um, we need to be ensuring that anyone who is eligible and wants to have a vaccination should be able to access that vaccination. So the concern at the moment is that there are people who want to register and are unable to do so. Um, And if we're leaving these individuals behind, that is obviously impacting all of us. Okay, uh, Prof, let me take a short break. My guest is uh, Prof. Joe Vere, and we are talking about the exclusion of migrants in COVID-19 vaccination. She's the director at the African Center for Migration and Society at Fitz University. If you have any question uh, to pose to her or be part of this conversation, uh, please dial in on 0861-987-000. You can also drop me a tweet at Lukonamguni, hashtag Partalk. 9 a.m. to noon. This is Power Talk on Power 98.7. 21 minutes past 10 this morning here on Power Talk. We are just looking at the case of exclusion of migrants in COVID-19 vaccination. Uh, my guest is Professor Joe Vere, Director, African Center for Migration and Society at Fitz University. You can dial in on 0861-987-000. Prof, one of the questions that keeps coming back when we have this conversation is uh, whether we can quantify, you know, um, when we talk about migrants, uh, how many people are we talking about in South Africa? So, I mean, and obviously this is a really important issue. And I think that the first thing is to say that the numbers of <clears throat> foreign nationals in the country are often assumed to be far higher than, than they are. Mm. Um, so based on um, the, the stats, Statistics South Africa data um, modeling and estimates that include using a World Bank um, sort of modeling algorithm yes. suggest that about 7% of South Africa's population is foreign born. Um, and so we're, we're not looking at these, these millions and millions and millions of people. Um, and we need to recognize that the, by far the majority of those are individuals who hold different forms of documentation. Mm. So this includes people who have become citizens. It includes people who are permanent residents. And it includes people who have various other forms of permits, including <clears throat> work and study permits, for example. And it's important to remember that for many of those permits, a requirement for that permit is to hold um, medical aid, private, private insurance. So when we're looking at the number of foreign nationals who are reliant on South Africa's public health care system, we do need to be taking these numbers into consideration Mm. um, and and recognizing that we need to have a rational response and we need to understand the data. And I think that, you know, government has good data available that is used um, and and we want to encourage this data to be used to support developing and, in, and informing our responses. As, as I suppose, Prof, it's very difficult to get to a precise number. Rather, it's probably to attack the matter from a point of principle and what it is that needs to happen so that as many people are vaccinated in our country as possible. Yes, exactly. 
Now, Prof, uh, you spoke about, you know, vaccine nationalism, and it seems as if you are now suggesting that there may be that uh, within uh, borders of countries if they leave others behind. We have spoken about it mostly from uh, the point of, you know, uh, different countries holding vaccines and uh, not sharing equitably with uh, lesser developed countries with lesser resources and so on. Um, Is that what you are suggesting, that there might be internal vaccine apartheid as well going on? I think we have to be careful to ensure that at at a global level that countries aren't doing this. Um, I think there's two ways that it can happen. One is is inadvertently, right, which is where systems are not facilitating access for people, Mm. right? So it's happening, you know, incidentally, it's not deliberate. And then the other... The other side of the coin is where we hear specific um, um, legislation or regulation or rules that are excluding people. And we need to, to recognize these are two quite different things. They do sometimes overlap. Um, and so when we sit in a, in a context where we are correctly calling out the global community um, in terms of, of vaccine nationalism and the challenges that lower income contexts are facing in accessing vaccines. We need to make sure we're not duplicating that at the national level. And like I say, this is far more than simply about the right to health, which is, of course, imperative. It's about the right for all of us to our health and for a vaccination program to succeed. As I've, as I've said, we can't leave anyone behind. So it really is right now we need to be thinking public health, we need to be thinking COVID, we need to be thinking what is going to support all of us improving all of our health and, and moving forward through this pandemic. And Prof, sometimes people tend to say, well, it's not a a big problem or issue if, you know, foreign nationals, especially those who are undocumented, are left behind. But uh, can you just remind us some of the rights that uh, people have, even if, uh, quote unquote, we may call them stateless people, um, to use uh, that term, or people who are not documented, but surely they still enjoy some rights uh, by virtue of being in a particular uh, polity. Absolutely. And, and we need to recognize that South Africa um, should be lauded for having a progressive constitution and the Bill of Rights. And people obviously fought hard to ensure that we do have um, a rights informed response. Within that are enshrined the right to health. And, and we have um, clarity within South Africa around the different forms of access to health or social welfare and support that different categories of foreign nationals can can access. Um, Everyone in the country has the right to emergency care. Um, Everyone has, uh, all pregnant women, breastfeeding women, children under six have the right to access free care. Refugees, asylum seekers, um, and undocumented migrants from the SADC region um, are means tested in the same way as citizens when it comes to higher levels of care. Um, You know, we sometimes hear that people believe that um, asylum seekers, for example, get free health care. Mm. They're, they're means tested in the same way as a citizen is to determine if they have the capacity to pay a co-payment when they access, you know, secondary tertiary um, health care. And if they do, then they are required to pay appropriately. And that's the same for refugees. And that's the same for um undocumented migrants from the SADC region. Prof, uh, in your in your view, do you think that government is uh, uh, willing and able to repair this harm uh, that we are talking about? I think that, you know, we've got two things going. On the one hand, we have the president who is assuring the right to health for everyone. 
um, who was assuring um, that, that everybody in the country, regardless of nationality, citizenship status, would have access to the vaccine and a system that needs to be worked in order to ensure that everyone can access the vaccine and register. Um, but we're having this in conversation with the, the worrying comments that the Acting Minister of Health made um, a week ago last Friday, so a week and a half ago, which suggested, um, you know, she used the language of illegal foreigners and, and suggested that illegal foreigners would not have the right to access vaccines. So we've got a bit of a, we've got, we've got a sort of double, you know, we've got, we've got two different messages. Um, and we need to work collectively and collaboratively to, to get the system functioning to ensure everyone can access vaccines and that everybody is assured of their safety. So this means not being fearful of accessing services if, you, if your documents maybe are not valid at the moment. And the other piece are, are, are we then seeing a disconnect, Prof? No, you know, okay, finish that point, Prof, but also just uh, share with us if you think we are seeing a disconnect between the articulations of the president and what eventually translates to being a government policy. Sure. So I think one of the key things to recognize is that the, the reason that many, so the majority of people who are without documents, many of those have experienced challenges in either renewing or accessing documents mm. from home affairs. And again, this is the same for citizens and, and ID books, for example. So this is also about recognizing why it is that people are without documents. And again, we have this very worrying language in South Africa where we refer to people as illegal. We assume people are doing all these illegal things. Mm. We need mm. to rather recognize people want to be documented and many struggle to renew and access documents. Um, in terms of the disconnect, I think that we do have to be concerned um, that the message from the, the president on the 1st of February that was very clear about ensuring everyone has the right to access. The fact that when the registration system was set up, it did have a provision for the use of foreign passports, refugee and asylum seeker permits. And that we need to acknowledge and we need to, we need to welcome. That's a very positive step. Mm. The department, I'm sure, is working on um, developing an approach for people without documents. And I think there are various ideas being um, being considered in how people can register in different ways. But the tension and the challenge is then when we have the acting minister of health um, make this sort of a statement, which yeah. does undermine the other principles that we've heard um, behind the vaccination program. And that is damaging. That's damaging. And it also fuels a particular perception of society and of others in government and in other positions of power around around foreign nationals. And we, we know we are unfortunately, um, so there is a country, unfortunately, where anti-foreign sentiment, xenophobia is very prevalent. And we need to be very careful that we're not fueling those flames. Absolutely, Prof. Thank you so much for making time for us this morning just to take us through some of these uh, important conversations. Thanks very much. That's Professor Joe Verey, the Director African Center for Migration and Society at Wits University. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.